Hey, what's going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of About Abroad, where it's my job to introduce you to people who have built amazing lives for themselves in various foreign corners of the globe. We're talking with expats and thought leaders about moving abroad, remote work, visas, and all the fun and practical knowledge that you need to know to follow in their footsteps. If you've ever dreamed of making a life for yourself overseas, maybe working remotely or embracing long-term travel, retiring or studying abroad, or even just taking a peek inside life beyond your borders, you've landed in the right place. This episode is brought to you by my friends over at eResidency of Estonia. If you're a globetrotting digital nomad, expat, freelancer, or somebody with a business, whether that's just you or an aspiring unicorn like some of the many other unicorns that have come out of Estonia, then look at eResidency of Estonia the next time you're thinking about where to establish your business. eResidency is a digital identity issued by the Republic of Estonia, which is in the European Union, to foreign nationals, that means non-Estonians, giving them digital access to the country's advanced online infrastructure and open business environment. And when I say advanced, I mean advanced. They've been doing digital for decades. E-residents can start a company 100% online from wherever they are in the world, run it remotely, open business bank accounts, and even submit their annual reports all with their electronic ID card. It's literally international business without borders for location-independent entrepreneurs, perfect for the About Abroad audience. The next time you're thinking about where to establish your business, look at e-residency of Estonia via the link in the show notes. Okay, now back to the episode. My guest today is Chris Dietrich, who joins us from Thailand and has a super interesting story because he overcame a traumatic brain injury that left him paralyzed and in a coma and fearing for his life, actually, and today lives a life where he still struggles with some of the effects of that injury, both mentally and physically, but manages to travel the world, explore Southeast Asia in particular, says he is thriving and just loving life in Thailand, and has been there for five years now. So he walks us through what life is like in Thailand, what it's been like overcoming the effects of his injury, and what he loves about Southeast Asia, some of the other places he's traveled to where he would settle down, and just some very practical information about Bangkok and Thailand in general, in case it's a place that you might want to call home sometime soon. So I hope you enjoy this one. I certainly did. It was a lot of fun, very inspiring conversation. And I think that Chris is just living the dream. So please help me in welcoming Chris to About Abroad. Hey, Chris, welcome to About Abroad. How are you doing, my friend? I'm doing great. Thank you, Chase. I'm excited to uh, be here. <laughs> I'm really excited to to finally meet you and um, learn a little bit more about your story. I've been following along for some time, and it's uh, it's a pretty unique story. And you happen to also be in a part of the world that I'm really interested in diving into deep during this season. So uh, it's the perfect mix. Uh, welcome to the show, man. Wonderful. Thank you very much for the warm <laughs> welcome. It's exciting. 
<laughs> awesome. Um, well, hey, let's. Uh, I, 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 there's a lot we're going to try to get to in a fairly short time. So I thought the best way to get started would be to just let's just tell the audience kind of quickly where you are right now and sort of what you're doing. And then I'd love to back up a little further and, and go through kind of how you got to where you are. So cool. let's, let's start there. Perfect. Well, right this second, as we are talking, I'm in a hotel room in uh, Phuket looking at the Indian Ocean. I'm looking at you, but looking at the ocean too every once in a while. And uh, <laughs> I'm in day number four of my 14-day sandbox, Phuket sandbox um, time to be able to be allowed to go back into Bangkok, to go back. You know, I've been living in Bangkok for five years, started from there. But um, during this COVID time, I was just back in the States getting my vaccines and everything. And um, in order to come back, I could either do two weeks of quarantine in a hotel room in Bangkok. I did that already in January, and that was not something I wanted to do again. You were allowed out for one hour a day. It was very much prison, very prison-like. It was, yeah, they would bring you all your meals and stuff. But now I'm doing the uh, Phuket sandbox, which has been great so far. I mean, just I have to stay in Phuket for the 14 days. Check in, just check in in the morning during breakfast at the hotel, scan my QR code, just give them my temperature, and then again in the evening time. Otherwise, really? I'm otherwise I'm free. Yeah, so it's um. Just have to stay here. Oh wow! But yeah, okay, it's so great. Hold on. You're allowed to see it. Yeah, you're allowed <laughs> to see other people. Allowed to go out, do whatever. And um, yeah, it's like a two week vacation in Phuket, but you just have to stay in Phuket. <laughs> That's Tough not. Uh, that yeah, doesn't sound really like the, so the worst thing yeah. in the world. No. Wait. Not at so all. and, and yeah. so, why the difference between Bangkok and Phuket? It's not a national rule or law. Uh, not yet. This this was an experiment. This is the first experiment for Thailand to get back into the tourism game. You know, they've lost their economy has had a very tough year and a half and year and change due to the COVID and due to everything. And um, they're trying to open back up. And so they're, they, they're doing this sandbox kind of scheme and seeing how it works in order to move forward with that being the rest of the country, as people get more vaccinated and things of the nature, it's, um, becoming easier. I believe there's going to be hopefully big news October 1st. They're looking to uh, open up a lot more. It's been kind of uh, hit or miss all around, but um, I finally made it back. And uh, when I, so I went back to the U.S. Again, I've been, I moved here to Thailand, to Bangkok in 2000, at the beginning of 2016. And it was in Bangkok working Went back and forth to the U.S. every once in a while just to visit my family and my friends. Been to a bunch of different other countries traveling. and But at the beginning of 2020, right when COVID kind of started in March, my family said, hey, Chris, you know what? Um, we don't want to take any chances. Come home for a little while at least. And I got stuck. I couldn't get back. I was stuck in uh, at my dad's house in Florida frustrated and I was stuck there for what 10 months nine months and finally had the opportunity to come back at the end of December flew back and started my two-week quarantine had another good bunch of months went back to the states and now I'm doing this uh Phuket sandbox all around wow Wow, what but, a what um, a eventful yeah. year, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, right. Yes, I know quite a few people that got trapped at quote unquote home, you know, at their home, yeah. like their original home when they were living abroad or something, and yeah. um, 
I, I actually rushed back. Uh, we'll, we'll, we can move away from COVID in a minute, but like I got um, trapped, almost trapped back in the US as well, right as yeah. uh, lockdown started in Spain and oh, I had geez. to rush back and right, okay. uh, was in the same situation, similar yeah. situation, but the opposite. I was back visiting family and was then like, oh, I got to get back, uh, quote unquote, home, which was kind of weird. Yeah. So. Right. Um, okay. So, so you, you've been kind of calling Thailand home for five years now and, and that happened. Yeah. Uh, and, and so we're all going through COVID, but how, how did yeah. you come, how did it come to be Thailand? So I, I got lucky. How about, how, how about that? I'm the luckiest guy in the world. So I, uh, I, I graduated college with a degree in finance back in 2013 started a job, didn't like it in a, in a, in a normal office. So I went back to school for hotel management with the dream, with the idea that someday I could connect with a hotel chain and be able to pick my spot where I wanted to go. You know, I had a passion of traveling, a passion to meet people and to move around. And it just so happened. The first job offer I got was to move to Bangkok with Accor hotels, with that big international chain I was not anticipating it being my first, like to be leaving right away, but I had studied Mandarin in high school and in college and in Beijing a little bit. So I um, got the opportunity to, hey, Chris, we want you to move to Thailand. I I had interviewed for the job with Accor, but it was a worldwide kind of a placement where they said, if you're so fortunate to be hired, we're going to send you somewhere. So it was a very, very up in the air. You never know. I didn't hear back for a while. And that was good news because all my friends that were in, in class with me, they said they all heard back as like, no, we didn't get the job. What about you? And I wasn't hearing anything. So I knew that no news was most likely good news. And it ended up being just that I woke up one morning to an email from the hotel in Bangkok saying, hey, we want you to come work here. And um, was there a few weeks later at the beginning of 2016. And uh, I fell in love with Thailand. You know, I mean, I my original idea was to spend one or two years in the country and then be ready. OK, now it's time to pick a spot on the map where I want to go next, things like that. But I felt I say I'm very lucky because I felt I found the best place first or I was I was put in the best place first. <laughs> Again, I, I I won't say I won't be too proud and say it was my choice. It was not my choice. I got lucky. Sometimes the best choices pick us instead of uh, the yeah. other way around. I certainly, think uh, yeah. it, it can it can certainly work that way. Um, right. And so a, a big we're gonna I want to go way deeper on on why Thailand is so great and the different yeah. areas of Thailand. We'll, we we mm -hmm. will get to that. Um, I think a fascinating part of your story is that you suffered this. Uh, traumatic injury. And I'm curious. Uh, so I would love for you to expound upon that a little bit, yeah. how it's affected your life and at what juncture that was. Um, Certainly. Was thank you. Or after Thailand. It, I, it I, was I think way, it's really interesting. Yeah. Way before. So it was when I was still a senior in high school, I was a, um, I was speeding on my way to lunch one day and I got in a severe car accident and suffered a severe traumatic brain injury. March 3rd, 2008, just three months prior to graduating from high school. And uh, I physically, I mean, I was in a coma for a month. I was paralyzed for a long time afterwards. And I've been fortunate to, my brain came back rather and continues to come back rather quickly and has made me sharp again. 
and physically I continued to progress as well. Um, but really the brain injury got me to want to push the limit, you know, that like nothing was ever good enough. So I, I was able, I learned to adapt very quickly if that's a fair way, I guess a fair way of putting it. So like I moved from New Jersey where I had my injury and I was recovering to Miami for college and fell in love with Miami, first of all, you know, loved being there, but you know, eventually I was ready to go to the next place. And again, that's all brain injury. It was all like, Oh, okay. All right. Next, next, next. I want next. I want next. So that was, I couldn't do the office job. Was, you know, was that, that I, like, was that clinically diagnosed? Like, is that, um, is that a, is that I, something that they say is like part of what happened or it, is that just like a feeling be. you have? It, yeah. it can be, you know, that you lose focus quickly. You know, fortunately mm. I, mine is not so much as I lose focus. I mean, it, it is kind of with the job in the office. I mean, doing the mundane kind of computer work and tasks, I couldn't do that anymore. You know, my original, Prior to my injury, I was planning on going into finance like my dad had and things like that, but I didn't have that anymore. I couldn't, I could, I, I would lose focus more quickly. Mm. That's more the reason. And so this uh, being in different in atmospheres and environments kept me focused and kept me sharp, you know, meeting new people and things. I was fortunate. Um, I've been able to pick up a lot of languages just through hearing them. And that was only ever since my injury. So I could speak a bunch of different languages and I really enjoyed learning languages and speaking to different people. So I knew that um, as I was sitting in my office in Hollywood, Florida, looking at the world go by outside me, I'm like, yeah, this is not going to work. Um, <laughs> so right. So, you know, I was able to take the opportunity The one of the best hotel, hospitality schools was right down the street from me down in Miami at FIU, Florida International. And so again, I took the opportunity, you know, hey, let's see how this plays out. And again, with the dream of getting in the hotel industry and being able to bounce from place to place and then fast forward to Thailand. Yeah. Mm. So, um, the injury and my recovery has it's helped me gain confidence, you know, and knowing that if I can deal with all that and overcome and continue to overcome all the physical and mental injuries I've had that anything I experience abroad, it will just continue to build me up and, fulfill me even more. Did did you have one of those like uh kind of uh I don't want to use I don't want to say stereotypical but like one of those moments uh, like like life is short sort of thing like I just I have to go chase my dreams like you I mean you you came I, I presume to say like you you could have yeah, come close then, to losing then, your yeah, life. Yeah, and so. near and near near there? death experience. I know you don't want to be yeah. cliche uh near death kind yeah. of thing. And <laughs> And I have never, I, I understand what you mean. I never really looked at it like, oh, life is short. Um, no, I appreciate life a lot more now, you know? So I'm not, I'm not, it's not like I'm out there taking more risks because I already overcame this one thing. You know, I'm, I'm trying to be as safe or whatever as I can be. It's just that um, I guess I've learned that there's a lot to appreciate about life. And there's a lot, life is, life is for a living. How's that? You know, so um, because of my near death experience, it makes me want to do more. It makes me want to experience more 
than what you're than what the run of the mill what what people would call i guess a normal life yeah. i want more than that absolutely and did you have like a craving to live abroad to experience other cultures and stuff prior to the injury or or did that sort of develop I, afterwards prior prior to the injury i had studied i had studied starting i started studying mandarin so I, I was, I was always been interested in international. I've been, I was very fortunate. You know, I have to thank my parents. We traveled a lot when I was growing up just for summer vacations and things like that, You're, which through Europe and to China and places. But it was after my injury that I really started to feel like I not only wanted to visit the places, I enjoyed living. I, I wanted to experience it more than just your superficial two-week vacation where you see the tourist spots and you can say, oh, I've been there, but you're not really, you know, it's not making friends. It's not dating girls. It's not having real relationships with people in those foreign countries, which is what I liked. When I was, when I was 21, I took an opportunity to study abroad during the summer 2011 in Beijing. And that's really when I realized because it was only three years after my injury. So I, again, I'm always very confident in my abilities, but physically I was not really in good shape at all. And I went to Beijing with a couple of classmates and my professor, and we were doing all the touring and stuff, going to the Great Wall of China in studying Chinese too, but I couldn't keep up with the class physically. I was slowing everyone down. I was tired all the time. I wasn't able to concentrate in class because I was hurting, you know? So at the end of the, after two weeks, we were leaving Beijing and going to Shanghai. And um, I told the professor, I said, you know what? This is, um, it's not working for me. I think I'm going to stay in Beijing. Um, And the professor like looked at me like, wait, what? So um, with my family's backing as well, I chose to drop the class when I was in Beijing and I stayed, I stayed by myself for two more weeks in Beijing rather than going with the class to Shanghai. And in those two weeks, it was amazing. You know, I, I got to experience life abroad. You know, I had to figure things out. I had to negotiate with my professor to, to teach me in a private class. I met people, I made friends. I actually, a kid that I knew from Miami happened to randomly see me in the middle of like uh the forbidden city chris no and i didn't remember his name but he's like chris we were we we had a, we had a class together at miami so nice to see you i mean yeah and he took me out to where i would be going to the bars all the time and like having fun and lit like living not just there to study but to live there you know it was only for two weeks but i met a really cool chinese girl it was, it, it was amazing. And, you know, that's what really got me starting to have the kind of an itch to go back and have that kind of experience again. And then the next year I studied, quote unquote, studied abroad in the Galapagos Islands. And those, those that was, again, it was only a two week quick summer trip, but that was another like kind of a, a life an experience kind of thing where we had class a little bit, but it was a very bogus studying time. And we had a lot of time on our own, you know, that we were just experiencing the islands 
and making friends with a lot of the local people drinking at the bars with them and stuff. And it was just a very like cool thing. You know, it made me want to continue to, you know, Oh, it was great. I was living in Miami. I mean, it's not a bad city to live in at all, but you know, I was bored. It It was boring to me when I knew everyone I knew and I had all the relationships and I had everything already figured out. I was like, I, I enjoy this going overseas thing a lot more. I like living in different places by myself, kind of. Yeah. A lot, a lot of the audience listening to this, uh, can, can resonate with those sentiments because we, I I certainly do. Like, I'm like, uh, there's something, I, there's no way to define it exactly. Um, but there's something about this need to be immersed in these other cultures and not just visit them and, and not just be there and see it, but like do the local stuff. And I've said before on the show, like make, like be in a foreign place where like the mundane activity becomes like exciting, like going to the market or going to have a beer at the bar in the Galapagos and running into your neighbor and like, you know, just having yeah, a chat real certainly, quick. Yeah. Spanish. It's um, yeah, very, yeah. It's a very good point. It's a, exactly right. When you turn the mundane and the mundane is exciting for us, for, for us in the expat kind of world, you know, I enjoy being able to, when I do go home, I like that I can connect people all around the world now. So like if I have a friend in the States that says, oh yeah, I'm going here or I want to go there. I'm like, oh, don't worry. I have a guy there. I've got a girl there. I've got a friend there that I'll connect you to, you know, it was my buddy. I, so I didn't, I did an internship in Hong Kong in 2014 when I was uh, still in graduate school. I did it at the Peninsula Hotel in Hong Kong. And that was my first, you know, I did the studying abroad, but that was my first experience to be living for, I was there for three months and had an apartment and stuff like that. And um, it was really hard. Again, it was difficult because I was working and things, but you know, you make it work and you build confidence. And I made so many friends and I was able to, I had a friend from the States who was apprehensive about going to his internship in Hong Kong. And when he got there, he didn't know a lot of people. He had a bad roommate or something. And I was able to connect him with my people in Hong Kong. And he ended up having a great time. And that's a very fulfilling kind of a feeling for me that I have those kind of connections. And I've been able to keep them over the course of years in different countries. We'll be right back to the show after a quick break for a note from our sponsor. This season is brought to you by my good friends over at Insured Nomads. They're the absolute best in the business when it comes to providing health, travel, and medical insurance for nomads, expats, and really just all forms of world travelers. I know insurance is often something that's overlooked when we're fantasizing about traveling the world, but it's absolutely necessity that we address this because often the policy you have in your home country isn't going to cover you while you're abroad. And it's also a requirement, as a lot of people may not realize, to actually buy private travel or expat insurance, as it's called sometimes, to obtain a visa or even enter certain countries. So fortunately, there are companies like Insured Nomads to help us with this. Not only do they have excellent coverage and great prices, but they're also providing a first-class experience with additional perks and best-in-class technology via their app. It's It's an amazing experience. I can't recommend it enough. 
Now, this is a company that was built by world travelers for world travelers. So they know what it's like to find yourself in a difficult medical situation abroad, and they want to keep you from having that same bad experience. So the next time you're planning a trip abroad, whether it's for a week or a lifetime, check out Insured Nomads via the link in the show notes. Okay, now back to the episode. Do you ever reflect on the fact that, and I guess there's actually two parts to this question, like, do you ever reflect on the fact that like how far you've come since your injury, like that you're, you're globetrotting, live, expat living in, in, uh, in Thailand, and then like, I'm not sure what the doctors told you would be your life going forward from the injury, but um, do, do you feel like you've, you've come a long way and su- superseded those expectations? It's, it's, a, it's a great question because, yes, exactly, and it fuels me forward. It fuels me to want more and more and more and more is exactly right, you know. I think back, you know, I talked to my uh, family or my friends. I laugh thinking about that time in Beijing, man, in 2011, like how bad physically that I was then, you know, and, but the, the, the beauty and the curse of my injury, just a brain injury in general, you never know how, you never know when, when you'll hit the plateau or if you'll hit the plateau, you know, the doctors had we're never willing to tell me, oh, I won't get any better than this because there's no way of telling. It's all different with brain injuries. So, you know, I guess it was a good thing because um, in 2011, when I was in that position, I was doing fantastic in my head because I was doing so much better than the year before that, if that makes sense. So, you know, so it made me do and try as hard as I could and want to, didn't matter where I was, I could go to China. Of course, I was doing so well, quote unquote, physically. But then to look back at that now, that was what, nine years ago. It, like, I don't know how I did it. You know, I went to Beijing. I went, I went to back to Beijing in 2017. And I went to a lot of the same places that I went back to the school that I had been to. And I remember taking out the walk from from the dorm room to the bar down the street and walking somehow walking home drunk every night. And I can't even imagine how I did it because it wasn't like I, it was like a totally different world then because I just, but every single time I think about it, it makes me build confidence because I did it and I used it to get to where I am now today, uh, living the dream here in uh, Thailand and being able to, go wherever we really want to. Can, can you, and actually, so on that note, I like, I've, I follow you on social media, so I know a bit more than, than some people listening. Can yeah. you kind of describe, when you say physically limited, um, can you kind of describe your, your current state? Like what, what's limited for you? Oh, well, currently, I mean, I, again, not much anymore. I, I walk with a bit of a limp because my right, well, I suffered the brain injury to the left side of my head. So it was my right side that was paralyzed in 2008. And, um, and so still walking just a bit, I still have a bit of a hitch in my step sometimes. It's not, you know, I exercise every day and I'm on the elliptical, the cross trainer for uh, an hour a day. So it's not that I'm not, I, I have the endurance and everything now, fortunately, but my right arm and my right leg are what is weaker than my left side. But now I'm thankful that there's no real hindrances anymore. I'm not perfect. I'm not like everybody else, but it's not something that affects me whatsoever. 
That's awesome. Congrats Again, on, it, on it fuels me to move forward. Thank you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. That's, uh, that's fantastic. Um, so very cool. So you've been all over Asia now and, uh, and you've seen a lot. Thailand seems to be your, your, your number one though. Is that correct? Yeah, Thailand to live here, to live in Bangkok. Um, again, prior this all prior to COVID, you know, I mean, there are so many nice people here. The Thai people are fantastic in general, helping out and things like that, but there's a great expat community, young expat community, big pool party scene here in Bangkok, lots of fun. And, um, it's easy to travel from place to place, but what I liked the most about Bangkok for, it seemed that there was the best quality of life for cost of living. That ratio was incredibly in an expat, especially an expat's favor, you know, that, um, nice apartments, nice apartments with nice city views and stuff for pennies on the dollar compared to a place like the United States, you know? Mm. And it was inexpensive in a lot of other, these other Southeast Asian countries, but it seems that Bangkok had the best quality of life as well. Mm. Yeah. You know, be, like like yeah. some places can be inexpensive, but you kind of get what you pay for sort of right. thing. And yeah, exactly. In this case, you and, feel like you're like kind of getting a deal. You're like, wow, this is oh, it's, it's yeah, this great. And yeah, this price, exactly. it's amazing. I mean, in, in all of these foreign and in big metropolitan international cities, if you want to pay, you certainly can. There are expat places, there are places where they're going to try to rip off the tourists. You know, there are very nice restaurants and stuff that you're going to pay stupid money for. But if you're just trying to live a normal life, it's um, really convenient. It's so uh, very well priced and yeah. fair. Are you uh, what random question? And then we'll come back to this real quick. But are you are you still working in the hotel industry? No, uh, no. Well, on? no. Since uh, the right before COVID, I got out of the hotel industry. I'm actually in a uh, private new startup company. We're in a crowd. We're we're opening up a. Uh, well, we're going to be selling a new invention for craft beer brewing. Oh, sweet! Yeah, you're so, talking yeah, my so, language. <laughs> yeah, totally. Kind of changing direction. But I've been, I helped write the business plan for this company back in January, February, March of 2020. And uh, then it just has worked out that I've had to be back in the States, but I've been able to stay very engaged remotely through the computer. And now, yeah, we're still very in cool. the, uh, still in the planning phase and in the manufacturing phase for our products. So I don't need to be in any one particular place. We do Zoom meetings, you know, technology is incredible. And so I've got a Zoom meeting in a few hours with Denver, Colorado, um, Vienna, Austria, Bangkok, me here in Phuket, um, the Philippines. So we're all over the place. And it's just, it's pretty, it's really, it's remarkable. Yeah. Yeah. The CEO and I are based in Bangkok. Okay. But it doesn't right, matter cool. where now. Yeah. And I'm I'm super curious. It has nothing to do with Thailand. I'm just now I'm curious. Does it have to do with actually creating a a brew, a beer, or is it a device, or, or can it's, can you share, it, or do you want to keep it quiet? Well, oh, now? certainly, yeah. No, I'm happy to share. It is exactly that. It's a um, much more so automated brewing device. But we're not in the we're not doing homebrew yet. We're looking. We are. It's going to be a system that helps to helps small bars start to brew their own beer crap yeah so more on exactly that you know it's going to be a 200 liter system that's all done from a touchscreen. 
where and cloud it's a cloud-based technology where you're going to be able to log in uh, pick from 100 different recipes that tells you what ingredients to put in and then boom 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 four hours later because the cleaning is all done automated you don't do anything until the brew is complete you will have your brew ready to be fermented for the time being and um yeah so it, the idea is and it's only the size of a dining room table so that's so so at any kind of a bar you're going to be able to buy our system you're going to start to be able to brew your own branded beer how cool yeah. uh let me know if you need investors <laughs> i love Certainly, it yeah. i've i've often thought um i've often thought that these like uh, I, I don't know, like I, I, the U S the craft beer scene is, is very big and it's, it's growing yeah. internationally. Um, in Spain, it's, it's starting to to blossom a little bit, but I've yeah. often thought like these, these small bars would, it would really benefit them to have some, some like their own brew that's, that they have. Yeah, you know? that's, and, that's exactly. Yeah. Especially coming out of the pandemic time, it's going to be, it's the perfect time for our product because it's, that you know it's it's we're looking to keep it under sixty five thousand u s dollars and for that price you're gonna be able to start your own have your own beer you know yeah. and brew your own beer and have a huge marketing advantage and cost advantage when you're paying pennies on the dollar for your brew rather than having to import expensive craft beer, especially now with the different um supply chains that have been all kind of messed up thanks to the covid time. You want to be yeah. able to control your own inventory. I read an article that like millions of dollars worth of beer wastage at the beginning of the pandemic because these bars had kegs and kegs and kegs worth of beer that went bad because their um, demand fell so quickly and so rapidly. Wow. Yeah. So it's um, it's cool. Yeah, I'll send you all the information. We're, our company is UBB. UBB. Which is yeah, you a unique Bavarian brewery is what it stands for, and yeah, cool. I'll send you uh, a link and stuff. I love it. Be, yeah. Okay, so we'll we'll use that as a nice segue back into to Thailand real quick. How is the craft beer scene in Bangkok and and Thailand it's, in general? It's not great. No, the <laughs> um, the, yeah, there's many rules against craft beer in Bangkok. You know, the uh. the uh, Singha and Chang are the two biggest companies. It's not craft beer. That's the um, normal the company beer, and they have a major monopoly. They've got a stronghold on everything. But um, craft beer in Cambodia and Vietnam and Laos and other countries, it's growing and growing. So for our company, we, you know exactly we're starting in the U.S. Then we'll branch over to Europe to where it's starting to grow. Then eventually, hopefully, in a couple of years' time, uh, Southeast Asia will be ready. I guess. Nice. There are right, places that cool. are ready, but Thailand's not there yet. So if you're looking for to move abroad purely based on their craft beer, Thailand <laughs> probably probably Thailand is not the spot yet. You know, I mean, my the CEO of my company, he I met him because he owned a craft beer bar in Bangkok, but it's not Thai craft beer. It's yeah. it's craft beer and it's expensive to purchase in Thailand because it's all imported beer that's made in Cambodia or Vietnam and then pay exorbitant import taxes and that cost is passed to the consumer, which is not good. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. All right. Cool. Mm -hmm. and, and so, um, what I would love to do here with with 
Thailand and then greater Asia is like, let's start uh, very micro and let's talk about where you live, uh, Bangkok, and kind of what you love about Bangkok and and maybe just some info that if somebody was considering moving to Thailand, maybe why Mm -hmm. they would or wouldn't choose Bangkok, a little advice there. And then let's, we'll kind of go a little bit bigger, talk more about Thailand as a whole, and then give a little bit of perspective on your okay. your uh, travels through Asia. So let's start right, with Bangkok. I'll do my best. Bangkok, yeah. again, the best thing about Bangkok is the ratio, the cost of living to quality of life. So I moved there um, without knowing anything about it. In, uh, beginning of January of 2016, I stayed at Airbnb for the first couple of weeks to get adjusted. Um, it's easy to find apartments. There's a surplus of apartments, which um, is good for the consumer. Again, not for the homeowner, but you can log on and there are tons of apartments that you just find different. Where do you rates. log on to? What, what uh, website or do you recommend? It was DD, yeah, dndproperty.com is the one that I use. And there's just a listing and each listing has different listing agents. You call them, they will show you that apartment. And then they'll have their own list of apartments that are similar to that one, if you want. You know, I didn't even bother looking at many. I found an apartment on the same street as my hotel, as the hotel that I was working at. It's very warm in Thailand. So you wanted to be close to um, wherever you were working. I had the opportunity to at least, you know, it's got a great subway system and SkyTrain system. But for me, physically, it was just better to be very close to my hotel. Mm. And I, one thing that I didn't know prior to moving there, there's a big motorbike taxi, big motorbike taxi convenience. You know, you can get on there. They're, they're just mopeds being driven around by all these Thai guys. And um, because the traffic, if any of your listeners have been to Bangkok or know anything about it, very bad traffic bad, bad, bad. Uh, you're stuck for hours if you're in the back, if you're in a car. And, um, but the motorbikes, they just go through the traffic. There's no rules for the motorbikes. And this is the same in Thailand. Vietnam was even worse. It's crazy in Vietnam, Cambodia, all these motorbikes, just they're on the street. They're on the sidewalks. If the streets are too full for them, they'll jump onto the sidewalk and bring you wherever you need to go. Um, so Amazing. The the motorbike taxis will take you wherever you need to go um, for very, very, very cheap prices. And it's all cash. It's just a very, um, and the, the, you know, some, you'll, you'll run into the drivers that are kind of schmucks that will try and take advantage of you because you're fair skinned. You're, you're not obviously Thai or Asian. Um, but again, since I was living in the same place for a couple of years, I, Build, you build relationships with the people, you know, you're not speaking the same language, but I'm yelling, Oh, my friend, my friend, I call them all my friend, my friend. <laughs> so I yell my friend and they, uh, they know who I am. So I do end up getting a good deal. As long as you're kind and generous to people, you, it's simple. That's a very good lesson, I guess, when you're in any country, as I'm certain that you would imagine to say that in Spain's the same thing that, if you're kind to people, generally, they're going to be, again, you're going to get people that are looking to take advantage of tourists, but nine times out of 10, you're going to be in good shape as long yeah. as you're nice to them as well. I would so agree. Uh, yeah, the motorbikes, 
fantastic. Once you get over the fear of the fact that you're on the back of this small bike riding down the road, going in between all the cars that are stuck in traffic. Um, <laughs> I've been, so I've been visioning like, are you, are you literally on the back, like holding on to uh, a guy like sitting on his yeah. dirt bike basically exactly not, not yeah. like in a rickshaw not like you're in a seat being uh, no i mean there, there are there are tuk-tuks those are the famous tuk-tuks, tuk-tuks which yeah. is exactly that it's a rickshaw yeah in india they call them rickshaws in uh thailand they're called tuk-tuks that's right and you know that it's it's a bit the tuk-tuks are a tourist trap uh, because okay. they used to be the big famous thing that everyone would be on the back of a tuk-tuk but they have been replaced by the motorbikes or the convenient one the tuk-tuks are bad because you still get stuck in the same traffic, but you don't have air conditioning. You're just stuck in the, uh, <laughs> and, and, you know, like when I'm, it was the great, it was, I learned a lot about the city through the eyes of tourists that were staying at my hotel, you know? So I, I was, I worked in the lobby as the guest service manager and you'd get these guys that would come back and they'd be coughing because they just spent the last hour on the back, in the back of a tuk-tuk in traffic, breathing in fumes from other cars. So really tuk-tuks are fun late at night when you're going out to the bars and stuff and you're going far away and there's no more traffic. It can get fun to get on the back of a tuk get into a tuk-tuk and, and when it's not too hot out and you're whizzing along and just freedom and embracing yeah. the freedom, but convenient convenience wise, you're on a motorbike, you know, my and, and how do you know the motorbike guys? Like, how do you distinguish between a, like just some guy passing? They've got, they've got, orange, they've got orange vests on. And yeah, they wear somebody, but can vests. somebody just go get an orange vest and throw one on? Or is um, it like, is it like legit? And like, appara- apparently, and it's like cost a lot of money to get the badge to get, okay. it's just like in New York city, the badge for your taxi. A taxi. Yeah. You know, yeah. yeah. Okay. So it's something they're, they're proud of their, They've got, you can't see, you you don't understand what's on the back, written on the back, it's all in Thai, but <laughs> they've got a picture on the back with, um, that they're, that they're authentic. Not I'm just loving this, this vision. Not saying <laughs> like, that I haven't just hitched rides on random people's bikes and stuff. That's another amazing thing about Thailand that the people are just kind. And as long as you are, um, open again this is from my injury certainly i i push limits a little more than what you're what i would have i don't always think through everything i'm always very i i don't put myself in dangerous situations but i push limits how's that to say you know so so i'll hop on the back of a random guy's bike if it's going to get me to where i need to go faster or if things are inconvenient Certainly. And in Thailand, man, the people are friendly. The people are kind and nice. It's a, it must be the Buddhist, it's Buddhist uh, heritage that they're just kind and they're uh, friendly. You know, I like to talk to people and you always get people talking back to you, whether it's in English or it's in Thai or it's in whatever, we're just smiling, you know, it's the famous Thai smile and um, really makes a big difference. Could, could you imagine, this is an interesting thought, like, Um, I'll preface this with, I think grow, I've realized like living in different countries that I think in the U S we grow up with a little bit of a fear-based mentality. There's a lot of like, I don't know if it's the news or what it is, but there's this like fear that, you know, someone's going to rob you. Someone's going to, uh, assault, like there, there's, there's, there's some fear around things like that. Like, I don't think you would, if you were in Miami and somebody passed on a dirt bike, you'd be like, 
Hey dude, um, I gotta, can, I gotta get to the bank. Can I, can yeah. I get a ride on your motorcycle? Very, you probably good, wouldn't do that. right? Very good point. Yeah. Very good point. Yeah. That, um, exactly that you get a very, if you've never been abroad, then you, yeah, you don't get it. You don't understand. It's just different. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah, you have to be more open when you're abroad, but it's not something I feel much safer. I am very safe in Thailand. It's an incredibly safe place. I could walk anywhere. I could walk anywhere at any time of the day or at the night. And there's never, there's no, you don't get the same kind of crime here. Not, it doesn't happen to, you're more likely to be, if you're, if you're going to get assaulted or whatever, it's going to be from a drunk expat. Mm. It's going to be from, it's not from, certainly not from a Thai person. Certainly not. Mm. Certainly. um, Yeah. You'll get, you'll get ripped off every once in a while from the taxi drivers an angry taxi driver if he's had a bad day or whatever, or if you're, if, if you look like a susceptible typical tourists, sometimes yeah. in any country, you're going to have people that are going to try to take advantage of you. The two tube drivers, they're going to try and take advantage of everyone because they know they're a, they're a tourist novelty in a way. Mm. Yeah. But, um, I, it was really, that it really resonated me with me one time. I was, I think I was in Hong Kong in the back of a taxi. This is maybe 2017 or so, just when I was there on vacation. And the, the taxi driver told me how lucky I was to be living in Thailand now instead of the United States. Wow. And this guy in Hong Kong, a random guy. And that really resonated. He was like, oh, you're very lucky to be living in Thailand. The world's perception of the U.S. Yeah. Has, has changed quite a bit. I think, uh, I yeah. mean, uh, not to make it political, but maybe since Trump or something like there was a big shift in the way the world was looking at like this promised land, like where everything happens yeah. to like, oh, man, you you got lucky you got out. <laughs> and it's been yeah, a really interesting shift. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. So people, there's nothing to be afraid. I mean, again, it's as long as you're open, you have to be open-minded and you have to be free and liberated and you'll realize how amazing going abroad and experiencing other cultures can be and is. And uh, that, yeah, exactly. That's a, it was a very good point. I would never look, think to hop on the back of someone's bike in Miami like I would in a second here in Thailand. In a second, yeah. I would. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and so like coming back to to Bangkok, as a couple points that I think would be interesting. You've mentioned the the cost of living and not to harp on this too much. I don't yeah. I don't like to go like too deep on the cost of living because I don't want yeah. I don't want to like make it seem like that's the reason to move somewhere. It's a factor. It's not a, it's not a reason I think. And so, but, but just roughly speaking, like how would you compare contrast? I don't know if you want to do it on a percentage basis or actual cost, like your fixed expenses in say Miami versus your fixed expenses in Bangkok. I I thought like consumer price goods, I thought were good. The price parity was like four times cheaper. Okay. Four times good... for, for your typical um, goods at like the 7-Eleven or something. A perfect yeah. example, you know, a pack of Mentos. I'm a big fan of the Mentos pack. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm trying to think like at a Rite Aid or a grocery store or a gas station in the States, you don't get those Mentos for under a dollar. I think that that's fair to say. Yeah. Um, or even a water bottle. You don't get that for under a dollar in the States. You, They cost 10 baht 
at 7-Eleven. The Mentos cost 10 baht and 10 baht, divide that by 35, you're paying about 30 cents for that (laughs) same pack of Mentos. Excellent. And and it's it's the same product. You know, again, there are things that are imported that you're going to pay a lot for. Craft beer, you're paying a lot for because it's imported. Steak, for example, if it's like a filet mignon, you're going to pay a lot more than you would in the U.S. Mm-hmm. for, but it is incredibly cheaper for just your average goods. Chicken, you know, I, I remember um, I buy grilled, and again, it's not the same chicken as what you're going to get in the States, maybe, but um, I haven't been sick yet, and it's been a bunch <laughs> of years eating my, the chicken that I eat in Thailand. Um, I remember going to Whole Foods and once a week it was two ninety nine Tuesday in the States. And for on, on Tuesday you could get a pound of chicken for three bucks, two ninety nine for a pound of chicken. Otherwise it'd be like six bucks for a pound. You go to Thailand and you're paying about 120 baht for a kg of chicken, which is two point two pounds. And 120 yeah. baht is three dollars maybe $3.60. So you're paying $3.60, let's say you even say it's $4 for two pounds of chicken on any day, not only on two ninety nine. dollars <laughs> Not Tuesday. just on Tuesday. <laughs> not just on two ninety nine Tuesday. So you're paying, yeah, so so you're paying so much less. And again, the um, if you're a digital nomad or if you're someone who gets paid outside of Thailand, move there right away. You know, yeah. I get paid on a Thai, I mean, on an expat salary, but it's still Thai, you know. So for the job, I'd be making more salary-wise if I was in the U.S., there's no doubt. Sure. But um, for what I'm making, for what things cost, the life that I'm able to live is so much, so far superior. I'm not necessarily, I will say, I'm not necessarily a savings account-wise going to be able to save the amount of money that... I would be saving in the US. I wouldn't be able to live the incredible life that I'm living in the States for yeah. the cost for what I'm, I, I would say that the salary, multiply it by four times what I'm making in Thailand. And that's the kind of life that I'm living in the U. That's what the kind of life I'd be living in the US. That 4X I, factor is a, a good number to, to kind of focus on because I imagine that kind of, that, that covers like, you know, roughly speaking, like a taxi ride or apartment or your bills, you yeah. know, like it's kind of, it's a good thing for, for people to know. And, and are there any, sp- something else I think is really interesting. If someone's considering moving to Bangkok, are there any like general zones or neighborhoods that you would say like, um, this is where you'd like to go probably? It's there. It, Bangkok is a huge city. You want to be close to downtown. You want to be close to Sukhumvit. Sukhumvit Road is the famous, the long road that goes cuts through Bangkok, but there are there are a number a number of neighborhoods. You're going to pay more money in Tonglor area, which is a little more expat style. You know, in the expat mm-hmm. areas, you're going to pay more than in the Thai neighborhoods. But you'll um, and my my um, advice, my suggestion would be look for when you're looking to get a, to rent an apartment, rent older apartments. Because they're so much larger, you know. Mm-hmm. Some of the new, the newer style apartments are like real city style apartments. You know, you got people coming in that they're not large at all, and they're more expensive. But you know, I've always gone on the other route, 
that um, I want space. I like space and I'm willing to sacrifice a little bit of, um, I don't need marble floors or a marble right. kitchen countertop. I, I, I like space, you know? So I've had some really nice looking apartments. I had a, the last one I had, had a really large terrace on it that I host barbecues every weekend for all my yeah. friends. It was a lot of fun. And now more recently, um, I've been living in hotels on month month by month basis. You know, oh, I, okay. I've started to embrace spontaneity at its finest totally. So I'm going either Airbnb or I was staying for the last three months. I had been before going back to the States, I'd been staying in a hotel right along in downtown Bangkok, paying what 800 a month for a hotel suite with breakfast included cleaning every day. Oh, Hey, wow. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a great deal. <laughs> yeah. For an 80 square meter. Basically it was, it wasn't a hotel room. It was an apartment suite. It was a hotel suite, had a full kitchen that I could cook myself when I wanted to, but I got to stumble down, go to a buffet breakfast every morning. I mean, it's great. Yeah. Is that a normal thing or is that just because of COVID? Like do, do people uh, do that on a normal so, basis? It's much more so because of COVID prices are certainly lower now, but, um, yeah. It's, I'm not anticipating it changing anytime soon. I don't plan to be on another year long lease for a long time. I mean, I'm living out of two suitcases. I mean, it's, it's cool. It's, I, yeah, I get to kind of, I'm, so I'm here in Phuket. I'm staying in this hotel until the 25th per the government regular government rules. I have this place till the 25th. And then I don't know where I'm going to go after that. I think I'll stay in Phuket. You're I've doing like a, the uh, the ultimate staycation, right? Like you, yeah, you're like, yeah. yeah, I'm just gonna stay home, but go to a hotel, and uh, exactly. but I'm just gonna do yeah. that for forever. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, I, I, it's it's easier. I don't. I've got a couple of pictures of my family and stuff that I put up, of course. But it's nice not having to decorate anywhere. Yeah, not having yeah. to worry about not having to worry about the sheets or anything. All that's already gonna be there for me. Fantastic. Um, that's a, you know, that's awesome. That's a great hack. I love yeah, it. Yeah. And, um, you know, I've got, I, I met a girl before I moved, before I went back to the States and she works remotely as well. She's here in Thailand. So it's the perfect opportunity. She's actually coming to meet me here tomorrow. Awesome. And then we're going to, then I told her, Hey, I've got a doctor's appointment in Bangkok at the hospital on October 22nd. But I don't have to be anywhere until that. That's a Thursday. I'll spend the weekend in, I think it's a Friday. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's, I'll spend that weekend in Bangkok, but we don't have to be anywhere in particular. We'll, we'll um, figure it out. And Airbnb, you know, they, they do great deals on four-week stays. Mm-hmm. If you stay for four weeks plus, the discounts are like 30 40% compared to what you're paying on a night-by-night basis. So I'm very happy to break up my life month by month and say, okay, maybe, maybe I'll stay here again, or maybe I'll go to a new city or just a different place. I love it. Um, Which is, I, I did that for a while as well, actually I did a year of month to month rentals and Airbnbs all around the world. And it was, it was super fun. I got a little tired, yeah. uh, towards the end of it because yeah. I've, I've mentioned this on the show before, but we were traveling with our dog, which is like a big Siberian husky. Yeah. I, yeah. That, that, that would be a little different. Yeah. See <laughs> but, me, I've got, um, you're mobile, man. You got, um, you got yeah, two suitcases yeah, I, and you exactly. can move. Where exactly. else? Um, t- 
so, so looking, zooming out a little bit on Thailand, where, where are some of the other areas? Like, it sounds like you really love Bangkok, but you're in Phuket now. Are there other areas? Of course, Thailand's very famous for the island life and everything. Where, what are a couple other two or three maybe places that you might consider living, you know, settling down long term if you were looking at Thailand again? Uh, it would be ba- I, to settle to live long term. It'd be Bangkok. You know, I'd, yeah. I'd only rent like for a year long lease. I'd be in Bangkok, you know, um, but I enjoy traveling. Vietnam is awesome. Mm-hmm. Cambodia was, you know, I got to go to Angkor Wat, which was cool. I got to see all of that, see all the sites. Um, been to Bali a bunch of times. I've been to, uh, yeah, I went to Vietnam like three or four times in 2019 before all this before COVID. Mm. And the cool thing, another really good thing about here in Southeast Asia, the airlines, you it's not like the US where you have to book two weeks, your flight two weeks in advance. And um, otherwise, if you try and book last minute, it's very expensive. Things like that. You know, I, um, you can book the same day for no difference in price. Wow. I've, I've, I, I met a girl one time. This is back when I was still working in the hotel many years ago when I moved here. And I met her in the morning and at lunchtime, we booked a flight for the weekend. I met her on <laughs> Friday morning. And that night we flew to an island together here in Bangkok, wow. here in Thailand. And I paid like 30 bucks round trip for the flight. It was, Insane. yeah. And it was like three hours before I flew, uh, six hours or seven hours before we flew, I booked a flight and no, no price difference whatsoever. If not, wow. maybe a little bit cheaper than it would have been. So it lends very well to spontaneity to mm-hmm. exactly living a very spontaneous kind of, um, life. You know, again, I'm getting older. I, guess it won't be able to go forever i shouldn't at least i should look to settle things down a little bit but um until until then yeah exactly it's it's more it's it's fun this way you know it's um, it fits very well with me post injury with the way my brain is where i like to i like new i like to discover i like to um fight and to adapt. I like to have to adapt and adapting to change is a very big thing for me because I've had to do it physically for so long and mentally. Uh, I like that about life. I'm wondering if perhaps I was dropped on my head or something as well, because I <laughs> think I have this also. Yeah. <laughs> because I, I also just for some, some people will say like, man, you're a glutton for punishment. Like it, it's, you know, like going through some right. of the things that it takes to to live abroad like it's not always easy there's a lot of challenges bureaucrat bureaucracy, bureaucracy and things like that that just make it not so fun sometimes but the adaptability makes right. it it's, enjoyable it's exciting you know it's exciting yeah. it keeps life exactly that uh somebody who loves to like run marathons or or work out or do something that's sort of tough and painful and maybe in a moment you wonder why you do it but then at the end when you cross the finish line you're like i wouldn't i'm gonna i'm signing up for the next one yeah Uh, right that's that's sort of the same the same thing i think um and it's interesting you talk about some of the surrounding places so bangkok's your place in thailand um and and how do you compare thailand to other southeast asian countries because you've seen a lot around there and i just painting some very broad strokes like how do you kind of compare contrast Thailand to say Vietnam, I, Cambodia, I think, Bali? I, I think I think Vietnam is the next closest to Thailand. It's it's a couple of years behind. 
I think mm-hmm. that that's the best way of putting it, that Thailand is the most um, advanced of the of them. You know, Hanoi, Ho Chi Minh City in Vietnam, they're, they're all big cities as well. But like in Ho Chi Minh, man, Ho Chi Minh was, was crazy. I remember I went there with my mom, you know, and this is where the motorbikes are on the sidewalks and stuff. Like you're not safe anywhere. You're not safe walking anywhere. <laughs> crazy place. And, and again, it's, I, it, if I was living there, I would love it. And I do love it. I enjoyed being there, but I think that they're a couple years behind Bangkok when it comes, you know, Bangkok has some of the best international hospitals in the world. Mm. You know, I've got, I have a phenomenal team of neurologists and other doctors all based here in Bangkok. You know, really? that's been a, I didn't mention, I didn't bring that up. That's been a really big thing, you know, because I, Otherwise, because I still have appointments for my for my brain injury, I've got a medical device in my stomach. The surgery I had here in Thailand, um, it'd be a lot more challenging for me to live abroad if the doctors weren't as capable as they are here. You know, because I don't have to go back and forth. I don't have to go to the U.S. I don't have, and it's much less expensive here. You know, it's harder to get a U.S. insurance to cover it. Mm. But the 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 normal doctor appointment is nowhere near nowhere near the prices you'll pay in the states. And this wow. is always a good thing, you know. When when my dad my dad helped me move here back in January of 2016, and he wanted to come to all the first neurology first hospital appointments. You know, he had done he's an incredible patient advocate. He had done all the research to find the doctors that I had to meet when I moved here that he wanted to meet as well to introduce my case. You know, I mean, it, it was a big deal. It is a big deal. So um, we walk into the hospital on the first day that we're there. We, we went there early because we wanted to be able to schedule the appointment and stuff in the time that he was still visiting. We were able to see the top neurologist at the hospital within an hour. Wow. And that doesn't happen in the U.S. <laughs> Certainly not. That, like, oh, yeah, not. oh, yeah, come on right in. Yeah, give it. He's got a point. He's got a he's got a patient right now, but you're you're next in line. <laughs> like, it, it's just totally different. We walked in and we saw like three different and he set us up with like two other doctors that same day. Oh, that wow. Having oh, having dealt with a lot of doctors in many hospitals around the U.S. since my injury in 08. That does not happen. People can't see your face like I can right now. People listening, yeah. you're you're beaming with joy talking about this, and I can imagine all the appointments you've gone through and the the headaches that must have come from yeah. the the medical situation, the healthcare situation we have um, in the U.S. It's it, it. I can't imagine how how much of a breath of fresh air that must have been for you. And like now, now I've been going to the same hospital for what, five years. And so you build relationships with the nurses or the sweetest girls, ladies in the world. And like, perfect example, uh, two months ago or so, I had an early Saturday doctor's appointment or Friday doctor's appointment. I'd been out the night before with my friends. It was certainly not in a great state of mind. I was a little bit, just a little bit hungover, a little bit, <laughs> very little. And, it um, and, and you could certainly, it was visible. And so the nurse, the nurses are looking at me like, Oh, Kuhn, they, they call you Kuhn, Chris. The Kuhn is the, is the respectful term. So K H U N. 
oh, Kun Chris, Kun Chris, are you okay? Are you okay? I'm like, oh, just a little tired. And the doctor was running late that morning. She opened up one of the one of the rooms a couple doors down and let me take a nap <laughs> in the in in the hospital. In the hospital bed, she was like, "Oh, Kun Chris, you lay here. We'll I'll tell you when the doctor comes." So I'm I, sure they just I, they just charged your insurance a couple thousand bucks for that, right? I, not not <laughs> not in Thailand, exactly. Oh, she goes, "Oh, Kun Chris, here you just rest here. But I'll call you when um, I'll call you when the doctor arrives. Turn the light off and everything." And I mean, it's just um, wow, just funny, just very cool. Really, just you feel very taken care of, very well taken care of, which is a it's, yeah, it's it super, super interesting. Cool I, I, yeah. I, I've, I've also found that I know I've talked to people on the show and outside the show who have actually moved abroad uh, for medical situations because like, yeah. they're like, oh, it's cost prohibitive for me in the US. And I mean, even even people doing, I know a lot of people are doing like short trips down to Mexico to, to have children right. or, or going to Costa Rica to do their dental work um yeah and, you get a you lot know. of you get a lot of australians coming here to bangkok for for dental work yeah when i was yeah, in the a, hotel and you get a lot of people thing. from the middle east came here for their yearly checkups their annual checkups at the doctor's office they came from all the countries in the middle east and uh and people from india would come here to thailand to bangkok specifically for the medical treatments that's super cool that you can do that so do you and i'm you don't have to go into this too much, but just in general, do you buy private insurance or is it like a social covered socially or how does, how um, does that work? We, as an expat? I, again, we're still paying, I'm still paying independently from, yeah. we get it covered in the States, but we can, otherwise we're just paying independently. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. I haven't found it. It's hard for me to get insured because of my um, pre-existing uh, situation. But gotcha. we work, we work through it. Yeah, I'm fortunate. Okay. Again, I've got phenomenal family support, which has helped me certainly through everything. Oh, most. I'm yeah. happy. I'm happy but, for um, that. No, it's an awesome place to live and to feel very free and alive here. In <laughs> I can yeah. see it. I can see mm -hmm. it. Yeah, it, see, it seems like you're you're living a, a really balanced, fun, energetic life bouncing around Southeast Asia, seeing, seeing a bunch of different places, enjoying your time in Thailand. Um, yeah. I'm excited. Hopefully by, by next year, it will get back to where it was in 2019 was yeah. a uh, 20. Yeah. It was, it could go everywhere. And then, yeah. Prior to COVID of course, when things were normal and eventually <laughs> it will get back to that. And yeah. Um, want to just, as we, as we kind of wrap this up, I was curious if you have any resources off the top of your head that people should maybe consider looking into if they're, if they're looking into moving to Thailand, that could be related to, um, expat groups or, or like how to find housing. Um, like in, for instance, in Spain, we use an app called Idealista to find apartments and stuff. Um, or any other information that, that you think would be prevalent for someone considering a move there before we, uh, before the, we close it up? Uh, there, I'm part of a, there are a number of groups on Facebook. I think it was, it's BKK expats. I never post anything, but I just am there to see a lot of it's kind of just people roasting each other, but you'll, <laughs> yeah. you'll, you'll get your, you'll get your online trolls no matter what. But, um, but it's incredible. No matter what the question is, there's always the, there's always an answer. BKK expats or expats in Thailand and stuff that's like random 
and everything people know everything there i mean because again they've been here for a number of years and so many different unique experiences or what different unique needs and you know they'll put up a picture of like oh i'm looking for this specific product or this something and there are answers like right away yeah yeah so facebook is to be true too yeah facebook yeah, Facebook's are an incredible useful. tool yeah and again, I fortunately, what I, yeah, I had, I asked for where can I get an electric grill one time for my barbecues at my apartment back with the big terrace and instantly answers, answers, answers. That's really useful. Yeah. But, but again, again, the, um, number one, I guess a piece of advice that I'd have for people who have not moved or are looking to move is be confident in yourself and it's more fun to do it alone to to work through it to yeah that, that's the whole that's the beauty of life abroad as an expat that it's not supposed to be as easy as living in the states that's why you want to leave you know there are i mean there are there are exactly your extenuating circumstances where you're coming for a certain for the medical idea or for a certain for a job but if you have the opportunity to live abroad and you're really thinking about it, then you're looking at it like, yeah, life's not supposed to be so easy. Why I could go on to that Facebook group and find out the exact answer and find a place right away to right today where I can pick up that exact thing that I'm looking for, that exact thing from home. But why do you want to do that when there's so many different opportunities if you just go out and you kind of let the wind blow you around and let things um, hit you and impact you one way or another and that's what life's about or it can be yeah. about yeah it certain it certainly can um and it, it adds a little spice to life that 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 makes it a lot of fun exactly uh, and i i've just realized also one thing i i meant to ask you and i i didn't is Generally speaking, how are you able to stay in Thailand? Did did you get a specific visa through your work, and does that continue, or what's the what's the general right. situation? Yeah, like? so I I've had work permits from the start, and um, currently I since I'm working for the startup company, I don't have a new work permit yet. We're still in that process of getting the company all registered. I'm on a medical visa. Mm, okay. So, um, yeah, because I have the ongoing relationship at the hospital, and I they will um and actually i was on the phone with the hospital a couple of hours ago setting up my next appointment so that um they will immigration go, goes to the hospital and will help to extend your visa for up to 60 days at a time or up to 90 days depending when you have appointments in the future Awesome. Okay. So yeah, and so I, I, yeah, I go in, I schedule my, again, I have reoccurring follow-up appointments for the, I've got the, I've got a medical device in my stomach that has to be updated and filled every two or three months. Mm. So um, they want me to stay obviously for the hospital. So um, immigration extends my visa for me. Gotcha. And, and do you find that do like, Thailand is pretty open to long-term expats, um, residence tours, or is it like the opposite where it's super difficult? It's for me with this hospital, it's easy, but you go onto that BKK expats group and you hear real, it's entertaining sometimes, fortunately, because it's not happening to me, yeah. but you hear <laughs> there are, there are a lot of horror stories, but there are a number of different, you know, 
everyone always has an answer. If someone's asking, oh, how do how can I extend this visa? And there are education, there are, oh, just take this Thai class here and do this. So there are always ways. It's not necessarily easy. I'm certain it's easier than the United States, I would imagine. But um, yeah. yeah, it's... Uh, it works. There's ways around it. Yeah, yeah. I, exactly. I you. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. There, you can make it work. Yeah. I know people here Certainly. in Spain that are like, they come, they're on a language learning, like a Spanish learning visa and yeah, they come exactly. for a year and they just take a couple classes and they can stay. Yeah. Right. Or yeah. Some sort of volunteer visa or anything of the sort. They, again, yeah. or you pay or you pay a um, service and you know, there are visa services that you pay and I'm sure I'm certain that they just pay whoever the immigration officers, you know, uh, yeah. it's, there are ways to kind of squeak, the, uh, spin the wheels and make gotcha. sure the wheels are all smoothed out. How's that? Right. <laughs> yeah. It's Thailand. Awesome. It's, uh, it's, the, it's Asia, but it's like the wild, wild west a little bit still out here. You know, you have everything very great business, whatever, but there's still life is exciting, more exciting than yeah. in the U S at least to me. There's some gray and areas. It, and, we'll say. and if you like massages, you come to Thailand. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, that, that's my, famous. My, my mom, for example, well, and she got my mom got her hair washed like every single day. <laughs> her, like, and I guess for a girl, for, for a lady, it's a, it's a big deal. You know, they don't wash that. They don't do a full wash and shampoo and blow dry on a daily basis. But, um, the salons, everything is so inexpensive. You yeah. get, uh, it's, um, and the massage shops are, all over the place and they and if you want them as they can be as authentic or not authentic as you're looking for but like the authentic massage you're paying nine bucks for the hour and it's wow. um it's it's amazing yeah it's incredible yeah Man, totally different I'm I'm so happy you're uh, you're enjoying life abroad. Yeah. It sounds sounds like you're you're thriving there, which is so yeah. fun to hear. And um, I really appreciate all the information today. Super useful. Oh, thank you. And anyone, yeah, please share my contact info so that anyone who listens to this and has any questions about uh, traveling abroad with a disability and being able to do everything, and um, or just coming to thailand or anywhere in the world please reach feel free to reach out to me we'll we'll add all that to the show notes but for people that are listening right now what's the best place for people to locate you i believe instagram instagram yeah, okay my my instagram cd underscore worldwide it's cd you, underscore ever, worldwide have you ever okay. seen Step Brothers, the best movie yes yes will ferrell Pre prestige worldwide cd worldwide <laughs> it, it, yeah so, I get the, um, I get yeah. the correlation now. Yeah. Awesome. So um, well, yep. that's, that's great. Uh, yes, please reach out to Chris with any of your questions, uh, about Thailand, about traveling with a disability. If you need inspiration, um, he's full of it. It's also a very Certainly, fun, to, it's fun yeah. to follow your journey, um, there on Instagram also, and, and see some mm -hmm. of the, the physical therapy that you're continuing with and, and see you kind of roaming around Thailand and, and Asia, uh, is, is and really Asia, fun. So, yeah. Yeah. Putting so yeah, keep it up. <laughs> you, thank you. Yeah, you. Put yourself into unique unique situations to be able to work yourself out of it and uh it helps to build confidence and keep living the dream as we both are able to abroad. Yeah, life is good. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Chris. Uh, appreciate all the information. We'll we'll talk again soon. Cheers. Thanks a lot. <laughs> 
Thanks for tuning in today from wherever you are in the world. Once again, I'm Chase, and this has been another episode of About Abroad. For those of you wondering how you can best support the show, I have made it super simple for you. Just go over to the show notes of the episode that you just finished listening to and click on one of the two following links. Aboutabroad.com slash newsletter to get our monthly newsletter. No spam, guaranteed. Or ratethispodcast.com slash aboutabroad, where you can quickly and easily leave a review for the show. It's not just important to me, it also helps more wanderers just like you find us. Finally, don't forget to subscribe on your podcast platform of choice, and we will see you again next week. Thanks again. Hasta luego, amigos.